That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. (laughs) What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, I have a TikTok sensation in the midst. But what's really cool is she is like a a, a, um, long lost sister that I'm just so happy to bring on the podcast. And it, 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 do you want me to call you Trashly or do you want me to call you Ashley? Um, I feel bad calling you Trashly. I, I, a lot of people will say that, like, no, I don't like calling you Trashly. It's up to you. Um, I just got that nickname in prison, so you can call me Ashley. It's fine. Okay, but she goes by Trashly Anonymous, right, on yep. TikTok. And we're just so happy to have you here. What's up, baby? Yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. I'm super... <laughs> super fucking nervous ah uh, don't be oh that? yeah this yeah, is my okay. podcast we talk about buttholes we talk okay. about everything on this podcast yeah. don't be nervous I think so okay let's let's rewind all the way back to when I first discovered you um it took me forever to get on TikTok I was like I'm not fucking getting on TikTok I'm fucking 40 <laughs> years old I'm not fucking going on TikTok and my manager was like bitch you're getting the fuck on TikTok whether you want to do it or not so right. <laughs> I got on there and I remember seeing your posts and I was just like oh my god because you were so open about your lifestyle which we'll get into and I immediately was like oh this is my bitch you know (laughs) I was like this is my girl because you just no matter the ridicule no matter people coming against you you still stood strong in your truth and I appreciate that in women because not enough women have enough balls to do shit like that especially nowadays so why don't we hop into a little bit of your story that you do tell on TikTok where were you born and raised okay so I was born and raised in Columbus Ohio well actually it's literally like a hick town is called um thornville ohio mm-hmm. so we grew up um well i grew up on this farm we had it was called buckeye lake music center back in the day mm-hmm. and they had like concerts like jimmy buffett the grateful dead just a bunch of you know um musicians and um we lived there up until i don't know maybe like i was probably 13 or 14 we moved um literally like right down the road for a year and then we moved to Pickerington, and that's, I feel like when we moved to Pickerington, that's when I moved in with my aunt, and it seems like my life just completely went to shit. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because I'm real big on talking about trauma here. Like, we've all fucking been through some shit, and I just think it's a beautiful thing when you see women who literally rise above it and come out of it and break yeah. those generational curses, so fucking kudos to you. Um, why did you have to go live with your aunt? So... 
I chose to go live with her because, um, well, both my parents passed away when I was a baby. Mm. So, well, my biological daddy's still here, you know, unfortunately, but I've only here, seen but not him. here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that four times and I'm 36. So. That's how my mom is. I've only seen her probably two or three times and I'll, I'll be 42 in a week. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, my grandparents, um, my grandpa, he ended up getting lung cancer and he decided to die at the house. And I just was not comfortable with that. Yeah, that's and, brutal. Uh, my aunt, she was always, she was like that young mom kind of, you know, I guess influence on me at the time that I didn't have at home. Like How? I was used to like the old school, you know, right. grandma and grandpa kind of thing. And so I just chose to live with her. She had, you know, the extra room. She at first was like, yeah, come live with me. And, you know, uh, like I said, that was a big, big mistake. Like I remember like a handful of times during my childhood before moving in with her. Like she, I didn't know my grandparents were my grandparents until she told me when I was like seven years old. Oh, you thought they were your parents. Yeah, I thought they were my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta, she, that's gotta be heartbreaking. Oh yeah. You know, she came over and she was like, you need to stop calling my mom and dad, your mom and dad. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, your mom and dad, you know, your mom died when you was a baby and your dad just doesn't want you. And I was like, what? So I was really confused. I thought she was lying, you know. And this is your aunt, right? Yeah. Okay. And so um, ever since then, like she, you know, every time she would come over, she would just like just say little stuff, you know, like just she had a daughter that was my age, my cousin, and um, I would overhear conversations she would have with my grandparents like, why don't you treat, you know, Valerie like this? Why don't you do this and that for her? Take her on vacation with you. Do you know, buy her this and I remember my grandma telling her so many times, like, well, it's a different situation. Like, I'm raising her as my own. She don't have parents. Your kids have parents. Like, it's different. And I, evidently, she just didn't get the concept. So when I moved in with her when I was 13, um, you know, she she always, like, married for money. So, which there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, shout all. out to all the babies who do yeah. that. But <laughs> I, I can't do it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> But she, I always seen her with somebody who was older and had money. And so she was always that like submissive housewife, you know, Mm. and, uh, she would always tell me and my cousin so many times, like, you know, make sure that, you know, whoever you are with, make sure they have money, they can take care of you. Mm. That's how my dad raised me. Yeah. So, I mean, in a sense, I guess, you know, it's a good thing you know, you want what's, I guess, best for, you know, your kids. Right. And I guess that's all she knew. Right. I guess. So, uh, but she, she was, I, I could tell right off the bat, she completely, you know, treated me completely different than her kids. But every time we would go out somewhere and she would run into like a friend of her, she, she would introduce me like, Oh, this is my niece, but she's like my daughter, you know, I'm raising her like my own, but She's really behind closed doors. She's calling me all kinds of, you right. Know, so like, she was a narcissist, whatever oh yeah. made her look good in front of yeah. people. And then she put you down cause she was jealous of you. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And same with her, same with her kids too. Like you, even till this day, it's the same, you know, yeah. I don't talk to any of them now, but it's still yeah. the same, the same old shit. So moving forward in your childhood, you had, you had to deal with a lot of abuse. When did that start? So uh, I remember we lived in California for like, I think a year, 
Um, I was like four or five and um, I remember being in the garage and both of my brothers were in there. The only These are thing- your real blood brothers. Yeah. Okay. So we, well, we have different dads with same mom. Gotcha. So uh, I remember my second oldest, um, he, Shane, he left uh, the garage, but he shut the door behind him. And then my oldest brother was sitting, there was a weight, weight bench and he was sitting on the edge of the weight bench and he pulled his pants down. Mm. And I remember him telling me, oh, well, just act like you're sucking your thumb. And I'm like, I started screaming because he ended up, you know, grabbing my hand, putting it on, you know, himself. How and old I, was he at this time? Yeah. Like how, I, how old was he? I was, or he, wait a minute. So I'm 36. He's like 40, 46 or 47. Okay. So he was a lot older. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that it would have mattered how old he was, but he knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember screaming and crying while, you know, um, I opened up the garage door, went to the front door and I told my grandmother and I remember her yelling at them at both of my brothers. But then like two or three days later, she just, she used to go to Mexico a lot for some reason. Her and my grandpa, I don't know why, but uh, (laughs) I'm like pills or the Tijuana donkey show. Which (laughs) one is it? (laughs) But you know, cause I've been there for both. Yeah. (laughs) Like now I know why, like, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I know why, but, um, you know, she just left me there with them. She never, made a big deal and it was always whatever goes on this in this house stays in this house like right. that was the motto like you don't say anything to your friends yeah whatever. i feel like that generation that's how they were like yeah. let's it, oh you got raped cool let's sweep it under the rug yeah. like and you got to deal with that trauma by yourself yeah like it's just crazy how different our generations are now oh i know yeah it's so different and i remember saying something to my aunt and um she, of course, you know, thought I was lying. Well, come to find out, like, she was actually having relations, sexual relations with one of my brothers. And I've always... The heard, aunt was banging one of the brothers? Yes, her nephew. So, okay. She was a horny motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. Like, I, I'm one of those people who makes fun of my trauma, so I just try to make people laugh when yeah. they talk about their trauma, too. It's very inappropriate. It's no, a fucking it's weird Listen, tactic I, I've acquired in life, and I apologize. <laughs> it's totally fine. I do the same thing. Like, I I remember hearing things from even my brother. He would say things like, oh, yeah, I banged, you know, Trisha last night, but I really didn't know if he was telling the truth or if he was just being a dick. You know? Right. Were your brothers abused sexually by anybody? Is that why they... So I don't know, but yeah. I've had so many people ask me that, and I... Because that's learned behavior. Yeah. When I was five years old, my aunt used to make me sit down and watch porn with her, and she would make me tell my parents that I was watching Alice in Wonderland. Oh, my God. And Disney movies, yeah. So needless to say, I grew up really sexual, and that's because, you know, amongst other things that have happened in my life, but, you know, when a child gets ex- exposed to some sort of sexual behavior at a young age, it it turns them out, you know, yeah. and... I, I can't just imagine your, your brother, not that it's an excuse. There's no fucking excuse for it, but I just can't imagine that your brothers acquired that without some sort of abuse. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's something that had to, you know, went on. Yeah. Um, like I, 
even my grandmother, uh, my grand, my grandpa, he was a truck driver. So he used to take me on the road with him all the time, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I would skip school and go, you know, um, with him. And I enjoyed doing that. But I remember my grandmother always asked me every single time we would come back, I need to ask you this, Ashley, did anything happen while you were on the road and all this stuff? And I used to get so mad at her. Like, no, Aww. like, why would you ask me that? She was trying to be protective or she yeah. was jealous because there's a weird thing there, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't mm. know. I, all I know is I remember her asking me so many <clears throat> times and then I just said, look, you know, why are you asking me this? And she's yeah. like, well, I remember walking in one day when your mom was like 11 years old mm. and he was drunk and he was touching her oh inappropriately. And she said that was the last time that he drank. Okay, so I never seen my grandpa drink, so I didn't even know he was even an alcoholic. Right. Um, but after my grandma, you know, mentioned that to me, I don't know if it was like a a seed planted in my head, and I just started having like these dreams and like just just these flashbacks of certain incidents with my grandpa. Right. But like I said, I don't know if it really happened or right. it's crazy know. because when you're a child and stuff like that happens to you I'm dealing with this now because I'm gonna I'm starting to get like therapy and shit um you disassociate from yeah. the trauma that's happening and you you either become another person which is what um multiple personality disorder happens or you separate yourself out of your body so much that it becomes derealization and it feels like a dream Mm. so it's like you really don't know if something happened to you because it was obviously a traumatic situation yeah when did the abuse with your brother start leveling up did that did it stop at him just you touching um grabbing your hands or no so uh, i remember when we moved um from california back to ohio um we lived on the farm um i used to beg my grandma to let me, you know, sleep in her bed mm-hmm. with her, um, especially if my brothers were at home or if I knew they were coming home, um, I would throw a fit or I would just like, you know, just go into her room and just act like I'm asleep mm-hmm. so that she would just let me sleep there. Um, but I remember my bedroom was upstairs. Her bedroom was downstairs. So both, you know, all me and my two brothers were upstairs. Um, so every time I would sleep in my room, I would always wake up to, and I always had the door closed, always had the door completely closed. Um, and I would wake up to the door being open and, you know, either like my underwear off Mm. or like if I had like pajama shorts or whatever, they would be off. Um, and I know like I didn't do that, you know, and then uh, about nine times out of 10, my sheets would be wet, you know, mm. cause I wet the bed. So, mm. um, and every time I would ask my grandma, like, can I just please sleep with you? She would say, yeah. But then uh, if my grandpa came home from, you know, on the road or if he was there, he would carry me upstairs. So then I would wake up in my bed right. and I used to be, you know, like so pissed. Cause I'm like, you know, what the hell? Like, and they knew what was going on. They yeah. knew what was going on. I remember when they, when my brothers, um, when we actually moved from the farm to, you know, down the street before we moved to Pickerington, I remember my, um, grandparents kicking them out and they told me at the time they kicked them out because they weren't going to school. You know, they were just skipping school and stuff. Um, but come to find out it was because of the abuse that they were, you know, doing to me and my grandma just wanted it to stop. So instead of calling the police, like she should have, you know, she just kicked them out thinking that, you know, they weren't going to do it anymore. Mm. 
um, which when they did kick them out, I guess I just ended up getting old, you know, older and, um, you know, they left me alone. They um, lost interest because yeah. you were older. Yeah, mm, exactly. So sad. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And so I remember when I was 14, I, you know, met my son's, um, my son's dad and he was like my first crush or, mm. you know, God, but <laughs> I look back on some of my crushes too. And I'm Jeez. like, Oh Lord. Yes, that's Shit. My I last feel. ex. I've, I'm still <laughs> like that. Every ex I've had, I'm like, God, what was I fucking yes. thinking? And I remember when he first came over to my aunt's house, um, you know, he raped me. And I remember oh. that, that day so vividly. So you guys had been dating or this was like your first, like, Hey, come over and let's hang out. So I met him probably like a week or two weeks before he came over. I met him on my 14th birthday. How old was he? He was either 19 or 20. Okay. So uh, we hung out, obviously, you know, when we met, I met him at the pool hall or whatever, we went across the street to the movie theater and, um, you know, we exchanged numbers and we were talking for like that whole like week or two. And we came up with a plan to where he was going to tell my aunt and uncle that he was only like 17. He just turned 17. Right. So when he came over, he ended up saying, no, I, you know, I'm 19 and you know, blah, blah, blah. So my aunt was okay with it, which was really weird because mm-hmm. she was so, like adamant with and very strict on she probably wanted to bang him yeah oh yeah well that's coming up oh lord yes yes so when like i said i remember that night like it was yesterday i remember exactly what i was wearing i remember the smell in the air i remember Mm. what time it was on the clock like i remember everything so after it happened i remember going upstairs saying something to my aunt she was like well just go take a shower and see you know take a bath or whatever and you know see how you feel what happened in the he just went in the room and just raped you so I went down after he met you know the family or whatever um he was like well I gotta go to the restroom like okay well I'll just meet you downstairs so downstairs um was on one side was my room but the other side was like the hangout room that's Mm -hmm. where you know, me and my cousin, our friends will go to hang out and drink and smoke. And, you know, my aunt will come down there and hang out with us and stuff. So, yeah. uh, I was over there. I was on the futon. I was playing the video game, waiting for him to come down. He comes downstairs and he sits beside me and he just, you know, we just started making out mm-hmm. and, um, all of a sudden he takes, like I had the video, you know, game controller still in my hand and he takes that out of my hand and then he starts, you know, literally like leaning on me and um I was like okay his hand started to wander you know across my breast and down you know below and I was like wait a minute I'm not comfortable with this and not because I was a virgin you yeah know? and he was like no it's fine it's fine I remember him just I had on Tommy Hilfiger um overalls and a long sleeve white shirt and um he Aww. takes me from you know the futon to on the floor and he just unsnaps you know my um God damn it. Straps. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) So You're talking about something traumatic, so it's definitely going to be. Yeah, and he, you know, just started, you know, doing, I was like, Just wasn't taking no for an answer. Yeah, and I told told him no, like, more than I told him no three times. Like, the first time was on the couch. I said, no, I'm not comfortable. He's like, oh, it's fine. Just go with the flow. When he took me down there, I'm like, no, like, I really don't want to do this. And then the third time, I'm like, look, I'm a virgin. Like, 
I have never done anything like this before. You know, like this is not what I want. And he was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's not going to hurt. It'll be fine. It'll be over before you know it. Um, and then, you know, it was over before I knew it. Mm. Like it would probably only last maybe like a couple minutes, like literally right. only, but he didn't use protection. Um, and like I was bleeding a little bit. So I didn't know if that was like normal. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So when he left, cause he left right after that happened. Right. And as soon as what a I, great guy, right. <laughs> Just takes your virginity. Doesn't even cuddle you right. or anything, dude. <laughs> as soon as I heard the garage door, cause there was like an alarm on the garage door. Um, as soon as I heard it, you know, beep, I went upstairs and I said something to my aunt. She, that's when she told me to just take a shower. Cause I told her I was bleeding. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, Oh, you know, he just popped your cherry. That's just normal. Okay, well, th- I didn't want it pop. That's the problem. Right. You know? and she didn't make a big deal about it at all. So when I was in the shower, I just kept thinking, like, well, maybe I'm making a big deal about it. Maybe I'm just overreacting yeah. because this is a guy that I like. And, Trying to rationalize it. Yeah. Um, and so I remember even after that incident, I think it was not even like two or three days later, I was coming home from the bus on the bus and the bus passes her, you know, my aunt's house. And I saw his red pickup truck in the driveway. I'm like, Oh great. Like what the hell? Well, he would come over quite a bit, like while I was at school. Hmm. And if I had like a friend that was on the bus with me, um, either Holly or Jennifer, um, I would either go to their house. Just you know, like, can I just stay at your house? Cause I noticed that he would leave around the same time. My uncle would come home from work, like a, between like six or seven. Yeah. So, uh, so after this happened, he would just go to your house yeah. and hang out and you just constantly avoided him. Well, I still talked to him right after that incident. I did talk to him over the phone. Um, because I, just because my aunt didn't make a big deal, I just assumed that it wasn't a big deal. Right. I just assumed that I was overreacting. Um, and then I resorted back to uh, thinking about my brothers. Like, well, maybe this is what guys does to girls that they like. Right. You know? So, but I would try to avoid him as much as I can. There was like so many times where I would have to go home because none of my friends were on the bus. Um, so when I would go, you know, back home, he would just, you know, be there in the kitchen with my aunt, just, you know, talking or whatever. Um, and I didn't think anything was going on between them. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you're young. Right. You know, you're, you don't have a lot of life experience underneath right. you. And so, so naive. And I didn't, you know, whatever yeah. thing. That's not your fault. Yeah. But come to find out they were sleeping together. And I that sounds like a real fucking gem of a woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, listen. <laughs> it's not just her. It's also my cousin. She slept with him, too. Oh, Lord. And. Does this guy have a fucking dick made of gold? Or right. what's happening? <laughs> fucking. Definitely not. Lord. <laughs> and I remember. Um, so you found out that they were sleeping together? Well, I didn't find out then. Right. So I found out maybe, like. Maybe two or three years later. Hold on one second. Memes, will you hit that heat, baby? It's coming down. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's like right here. (laughs) Thank you. So you found out two or three years later? Yeah. God, that's a long time. He fucking stuck around for a while. Yeah. Well, he... Oh, it's it's just a complete shit show. Yeah. After... Okay, so... 
this is just like a lot. I feel like my yeah. whole life is just like a complete shit show. We're um, just painting a picture for people to see where you came from, what you went through and how you came out of it. So I think even, you know, these details are great and people are going to definitely be sadly. Pe- there's going to be people who are going to be able to relate to yeah. the same situation, you know? Well, I remember after, um, from the day that he, you know, raped me, we stayed in contact for maybe like two months. After the two months, um, I remember it was my aunt and uncle's wedding anniversary. They were out to dinner and he came over and he was like, you know, telling me, well, I got four bags of, you know, trash bags in the trunk. I'm just going to pack your clothes and we're going to go. Like we've, we talked about me leaving with him to go out of state, uh, because he knew how fucked up my family was. He's seen it, you know, (laughs) I mean, he fit right in, (laughs) So, (laughs) but he, it was almost like a tactic to get you alone though. I feel like, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And he, to control you easier. Right. And he, um, he, that's what he did. He, you know, as soon as my aunt and uncle left for dinner, he comes over, he, uh, he's like, well, go upstairs and distract Valerie, you know? And so I tell Valerie, like, well, I'm just going to go down the street and get, you know, some cigarettes or something from, you know, Shell. So, and she's like, okay. Uh, she's like, we'll be back before, you know, mom and, you know, mom comes home. I'm like, oh yeah, well, so we leave and I remember, like, I didn't, obviously back then I didn't have no cell phone. Like I was only, you know, 14. So yeah. I remember maybe like an hour, hour and a half later, his phone starts blowing up and, um, his mom called him and I can hear his mom at the time we were at a hotel. He ended up, you know, getting a hotel, um, literally like a probably $30 hotel. So I was sitting on the bed and I can hear his mom, um, saying, do you know how old this girl is? Because he told his mom that I was 18 No. and he was like, mom, it doesn't matter. I heard him tell her like, well, she's getting abused at the home and all this of her family's just crazy, you know, and she's like, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to get arrested for this. You're going to get in trouble. And mind you, I never told him I was getting abused at home. Right. Ever. It was so, just part of his tactic. Yeah. And, um, I, I think I told him about like my, my brothers, but yeah. you know, not in detail or anything. Right. Um, so I remember the next day, um, we get up early, probably like six or seven in the morning and he, we leave and we were going to go down to Georgia. That is, that's what our plan was. So we were dry while he was driving. And as soon as he almost hit the West Virginia, West Virginia, (laughs) (laughs) tell me what's on your mind, baby. (laughs) So the, um, West Virginia, um, a line, there was a state police and I guess he was speeding and they pulled him over. And of course there was like a missing persons and all this mm. stuff. So they take me out and they're like, well, what's your name? Cause he gave them like a false name of mine. I was like, I'm not going to lie to them. They're going to know. Right. So they take him to jail. My aunt comes and picks me up. I was like maybe two and a half, three hours away from home. So she was pissed. Yeah. And so her uncle comes and gets me and, um, they were like, well, we're going to take you to children's because we're going to get a rape test done on you. Mm. And at this time we did have sex the day before the night before, but it was consensual. Right. Like, he did not rape me then. So yeah. I told her I was on our, on our way to children's. I'm like, you do realize he did not rape me. Like I agree to it. When I told you that he raped me two months ago, you didn't do anything about it. Right. 
So, but she's now like, the aunt wants to fucking right. come to you because she's probably feels scorned because yeah. he chose you over her. Probably. Yeah. Now that I, now that you say that, that's yeah, probably, that's exactly what happened. That's how narcissists are. That's crazy. That's probably what it was. That's wow. Anyway. So she takes me to children's and she tells the doctor, I want a rape test. And the doctor, and I said, no, I don't want it done. And he was like, well, I can't do it without her consent. Cause I was just like raping her all over again. I remember going back home. She was so pissed off at me. Like she knew like how much, you know, makeup, like I used to wear so much fucking makeup. I still do now, but you know, back then. I love makeup. So, <laughs> so she took everything from me. She took all of my makeup. She took the door off of my bedroom door, like the, off the hinges and everything. She wanted leverage. She wanted yeah. to have control of that situation. Yeah. Yep. And I had my door taken off the hinges too. <laughs> I told you you were my sister. <laughs> and, and my windows nailed shut. Oh <laughs> it was my God, crazy. Well, she didn't do that. Well, yeah. I don't even think that I could even open up the windows all the way. So yeah. I don't think she even had to do that. But um, she would also put like a tape recorder on the home phone because he would call, you know, either like he would call like three-way or, you know, from jail or whatever certain times. And um, and she knew, like, I don't know how she found out. I don't know if maybe like my cousin told her like, oh, you know, Ashley's on the phone, you know, talking to him yeah. or talking to somebody. So she literally put a tape recorder on the phone to every single time she would leave the house, she would record every single one of my conversations. And she would come back and she would ask me, hey, was you on the phone? I'm like, no. And she's like, um well yeah you were and I never knew how she knew and then I I just ended up snooping around her room one day and found a fucking tape recorder and there was like three tapes just laying there and it was all of my conversations with him and just with you know my friends or with whoever what a fucking weird bitch yeah yeah and she only did that with me like nobody else yeah she had a weird thing with you yeah um (laughs) so you uh so you ended up getting brought home from that situation when did you like what happens next like did you get pregnant or did you get into the industry I always call it the industry but right so after you know she grounded me right um she had a computer it was like in the living room and I remember um meeting a guy when I was like 12 years old at my grandma you know grandma grandpa's house um that was like my first ever like experience with any kind of like exchange for kind you know goods for money or anything um but I remember what what do you mean by that like what did you guys do Okay, I'm so, like, wait a second, we're 12 and we're exchanging <laughs> goods for money. What did we do? Okay, so when I was 12, I was on the internet and it was the first time, you know, first time I was having a computer and the internet and stuff. Yeah. So this is why it fucking scares me to death. We have a 13 year old on the internet. It just fucking scares the yeah. shit out of me, which actually Bailey wants to meet you. So I have got to get her over here so okay. that she can meet you. <laughs> Hold on. You know what? Let me call Kayla really quick. And just tell her to bring her straight over here. Okay. So sorry. I should have done that before you <laughs> got here. I just know that she will like be so mad if I don't. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I never knew she was like a, a fan of you until I told her you were coming on the podcast. She's like, I love her. And I was like, thank <laughs> God. So I was so happy, though. I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> hey, Bugalef, Um, Are you picking up Bailey right now? Shit, I wanted her to meet Trashley because Trashley's here doing a podcast and I know that she really likes her. Um, maybe I could bring her down to meet her later on tonight or something. I'll bring her to her hotel just to say hi or something. Yeah. All right, love uh, you. Okay, 
Bye. All right, well, <laughs> maybe we'll I'll just bring her down and we can meet in the lobby and yeah. she can just say hi to you and Absolutely. hug you real quick. Um, okay, so 12, exchanging stuff for yes. goods. Okay, so I remember um, being on one of like the Ohio Infinite chat rooms and I was talking to this one guy and he oh, was God, from God, chat rooms. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Those were fun though. They were, I yeah. loved them. I was such a hoe <laughs> in the chat rooms. <laughs> I could be whoever I wanted to yes, be, you know? Exactly. And I remember, you know, he was like 22 or 23 years old and at God. first I did tell him I was 18. I was like, I'm 18. Men can tell. I don't care who. If I see a 12-year-old right now, I'm never going to look at a 12-year-old boy and be like, "Mm." you know, like I just could never. Well, I did tell him a couple days later that I was 12. Yeah. Before we met. And Mm -hmm. he was okay. It seemed like he was more okay with the fact that I was 12 and 18, which was really weird. Yeah. So we came up with like this, you know, plan to where he would meet me at the mall, like in the mall had, you know, the movie theater. So he would meet me at the movies and I would just tell my grandma, oh, I'm just meeting a friend. So my grandma was a type to where she would have to meet every single person mm. I was talking to or, you know. I'm ever. that way with our kid. Yeah. So, which it should be like that. Yeah. You know? Um, And I remember telling her like, well, I'm meeting a friend. She's like, okay, well, I'm meeting this friend of yours. I'm like, oh God. So I remember when she parked in the parking lot and I was walking in and I, my heart was beating so fast. I'm like, she, obviously she's going to know, you know, um, back then you couldn't like, there was no way of me to know what he looked like. Cause there was no way of putting pictures on the internet, you know? So he just described to me what he looked like. Um, which I knew it was him cause he right. had a whole like beard and a mustache and you know he just I wonder if he was really 23 I don't know yeah he was probably like a real creep (laughs) probably god but he had like a bouquet of flowers and I was like why the fuck did you do that typical pedophile move (laughs) they always bring a gift for the kid yeah (laughs) (laughs) and my grandma like as soon as like he started walking up to me and she was like wait a minute who was this and I was like my friend and she was like oh no she's like who she's like how old are you and he was like oh i'm 20 23 and she's like do you know how old she is like she's only 12 years old and he was like oh she said she was 18 which i did at first but he knew right so i just went along with it and so she was like okay well um he told her like i drove all the way from new york and she was like okay well since you did that then i'm gonna go ahead and let you watch the movie with her but i'm coming along with you guys so it was my grandma on one side <laughs> me in the middle and then him on the left and i'm like this is so embarrassing and toward like um you know probably like 20 or 25 minutes into the movie he was like i'm going to the bathroom you know meet me there like he whispered that to me i'm like okay like a my grandma's right here. So I acted like I just didn't feel good. I'm like, I just got to go to the bathroom. She's like, um, she knew she was yeah. like, well, I'm coming with you. So she came with me and she stayed outside. Like, cause she just walked me to the women's bathroom. She just assumed that he wasn't in there, but he was in there. He went in the women's bathroom. Yes, he went to the women's bathroom and it wasn't like no door on there either. Like, you know, there was yeah. like four or five stalls in there and, but he was the only one in there at the time. And I remember when I walked in there, he motioned me to come back to where we're like the handicapped stall, you know, the bigger stall. Mm-hmm. And so he's done this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, you know? And he was like, well, have you done anything like this before? I'm like, no. And, um, and he knew like, I never at that point, like I've never like kissed a boy. I never like mm-hmm. done anything. So 
he was like, okay, well, um, he was like, well, just, you know, stand there. Just don't, you know, don't move or anything. So he ended up putting his hands down my pants and then he put his other hand in his pants and I felt like that lasted for like three hours, Aww. but it was probably only like maybe like five yeah. or 10 minutes. Um, and Ugh. I remember when he was done, you know, he ends up, you know, going to his back pocket and, you know, giving me a $20 bill. And back then a $20 bill was, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Back in our day. Yeah. So, could buy a house with $20. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So he was like, well, you know, I'll let you leave first. And then, you know. Cause my grandma was out there. So I leave and I was like, okay, well, I just want to, you know, go. And I guess she was like, well, what's wrong with you? Like there, I don't know. I don't know if maybe like my face was like red or, or just like, flustered. Yeah. yeah. She was, I was like, I just don't feel good. So I, you know, she was like, okay, we'll just go home. So I remember going home and, um, I had like a piggy bank and I put the $20 bill in there Yeah. and, uh, I always got, you know, really good grades in school. So my grandpa would always pay me $20 for every A and $10 for every B. So I had money in there. So yeah. I just, you know, slipped it in there. They never knew. I never told anybody about it. So after. That's a lot to hold in Yeah. for a little girl, you yeah. know, and amongst all the other shit you've had to hold in. Right. And my friend, like my so-called friends, you know, they weren't like, like me, like their situations were different. Like, yeah, you know, they had like a nice, they had like real families. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like no, they I had know. like nice families, nice yeah. mom and dad, you know? So I felt like, oh, I'm not going to be able to tell them that because they're not going to want to talk Get to it. me, yeah. more, you know? So I remember after, you know, my um, aunt coming to pick me up when I ran away with, you know, Paul, um, I remember after I was grounded maybe for like two or three weeks, I'm like, you know, I'm, I just, at this point, I just despised her just because I felt like she was targeting me and, you know, her daughter was not, you know, she was doing drugs. She was popping pills. She was doing all this stuff. And I felt like, you know, she would just let her do what she did. She let her do whatever she wants. But if I even breathe the same air, air as her, like I would just, you know, get grounded or cussed out or yeah. something. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to get on the internet. That's the only thing I could do was get on the internet. So I got on the internet and I got on, you know, the Ohio Infinite chat room again. <laughs> um, and Worked out for you the first time. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, talk to these guys or whatever. So did you have the intention of getting into the industry of just like, Hey, I just want to make money. Or you just were like, I'm looking trolling for Dick. So at first it was more so like, I'm just maybe looking for a hookup. Right. You know, just to get my just mind affection. Off of, yeah. Mm, yeah. But then after like, I was talking to my very, very first client and I was talking to him, you know, kind of talked to him on the phone, you know, God forbid, but I would, you know, message him. We, uh, at the time he had AOL messenger. So mm -hmm. we were talking, you know, talking back and forth. And, um, he was like, you know, you can make like a lot of money doing what you're doing. I said, what am I doing exactly? And he was like, you can, you know, just meet guys off, you know, the chat rooms and everything. Was he a pimp? Well, so I don't know if. Obviously, he had to be something. Yeah, to know a little bit of the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but he wasn't mine. Like, I never had a pimp or anything. Right. But um, he was like, okay, well, I told him my situation. He knew about my aunt, me being grounded. Like, I couldn't do anything without yeah. my aunt being there. She would take me to school, pick me up. Like, I couldn't even ride the bus right. anymore. So um, he was like, okay, well, I'll just come pick you up. 
you know, and, you know, I'll just pick you up right when she drops you off at school and I'll, you know, drop you back off at school before she comes picks you up. I'm like, okay, so that's what he did. Uh, she drops me off at school and I remember as I didn't even go to first, you know, first period. Um, and when I you were 14 at this time. Yep. Okay. And I you had a lot happen in that year. Yeah. And I had a note that I, you know, just wrote and I put my aunt's signature and I just said, you know, I had a doctor's appointment or whatever and I'll be back afterwards. So I, you know, put her signature on it and they didn't question me at all the first couple times. And then uh, <laughs> she said the first yeah, couple times <laughs> so many times in like a month period. But I remember when I met him, he was like this older black man mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I was, you know, kind of scared, you know, because he was older. Like, right. when I say older, he was probably, like, 50s. Yeah, he had 50s. definitely been in the game before, yeah. I'm sure. And so I remember, um, you know, he drove back to his house, and it wasn't even that far. It's probably, like, you know, maybe 15 minutes from the school. And um, I remember walking into his house and I can just still picture his house even till this day. And I don't know why I can remember stuff like this, but it was a big moment in your life. You were scared too. So you probably were like super aware. Yeah. And I remember like we were talking for like maybe like two hours before we did anything. And he was telling me like, you know, you can, you know, chart. He was telling me like, you know, um, tell me, like what to do and what not to do basically. So I remember him telling me a couple things. He told me the first thing was to uh, never ever do any services with black men. That's what he told me. Yep. And he's a black man himself. So I'm like, I'm confused, you know? So I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay. And he was like, um, don't exchange any, um, you know, don't services, anything for any kind of drugs. Don't do drugs with your clients. Um, yeah, he was for sure a pimp. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, and he was like, always make sure you get the money in your hand. He's like, I don't care, you know, whatever you guys can have a conversation, but before you remove yourself from that conversation, make sure you have that money in your hand. Absolutely. So, um, and that's what he did, you know, to me, he gave me, you know, the money, I think it was like maybe like $150 and, um, and he told me, he's like, you know, you can charge a lot more just because you're young and, you know, you don't have much experience, you know, like you're, um, I don't know. Green. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, okay, well, I remember he was the one who introduced me to, I think like my next, like three or four clients. Um, and they were, you know, older white men and the fact that pedophilia runs this deep is just insane. Yeah. And they're just, you know, these are probably like married men with families with little girls of their own. Right. Yeah. Right. It makes you wonder. And I know like, you know, even, and he looked just like Samuel L. Jackson. That's how I remember. Like he looks just like him. So, um, and he was married. Like I remember seeing pictures of his wife and kids on the wall Mm. and, you know, and I asked him, I'm like, is that your wife? And he was like, well, yeah. He's like, also, he was like, 
uh, I remember him telling me after I asked him about his wife, you know, he was like, don't ever ask a client like, you yeah. know, about their family and stuff. I'm like, oh, they'll just okay. offer it up for you anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy and, how honest these men are when they're paying for their right. your time. Yeah. <laughs> shit you don't want to know. You're like, okay, cool. Can we just get this over with? Right. Like, I do not give a shit about Matilda <laughs> at home. <laughs> and I remember like that went on like for the first month, like after I had that first initial conversation with him. He dropped me off, you know, back at school with my aunt. I was riding in the back seat. I wouldn't even ride in the front seat with my aunt because I just did not like her. So yeah. I was in the back seat and I kept thinking, like, I could just make enough money just to hurry up and save up whatever I have to and then move out. Yeah. So that was my initial plan, obviously, that did not work. Yeah. Um, Because I, I, you know, he tells me you can charge this much, you know, don't charge anything less than you know, 150 or like 200, you know, but then like when you're in that moment, you know, and these guys are like, well, I only got like 40, I only got $60. Like, Oh, I know. Yeah. Okay. Well I did all, you know, came over here. You came to pick me up. Like I'm not going to leave without nothing, you know, right. so you take what you, what you get. So, yeah. um, it wasn't much money at all. And I remember after maybe like the third or fourth client he introduced me to, um, that's when I found out that I was pregnant. So I, I remember like the last client saying something, he was like, it looks like your stomach is getting a little big. Cause at the time I was, you know, I, I wasn't small, but I was, you know, in shape or whatever. Yeah. I played softball and, you know, did kickboxing and everything. Don't you so. love how clients point out shit like that? And yeah. it's like, they're like the most out of shape, bald yeah. motherfucker. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so crazy. Like they yes. want to pick us apart. I've had yeah. so many tricks that were like that. I had one that was a sugar daddy who actually was like best friends with Donald Trump. If I said his name, people would know who he is and he would tear me apart. He paid for me to get my body done. Oh my God. Yeah. Like they're evil. Like some sugar daddies and tricks are like really, it's crazy. They like to abuse women, but in like a weird way. Yeah. Like all sorts of ways, but that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Right. So he said your tummy was getting big. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I didn't think anything of it. And <clears throat> I didn't, pregnancy never crossed my mind because after, you know, going to children's hospital, getting that supposedly rape test, yeah. uh, my aunt made a doctor appointment the very next day and she got me on the depot shot. Mm. They did a pregnancy test and it was negative. Wow. So what? Uh, you know, I was getting the depot shot every three months and I remember going into, it was for my third depot shot. And I remember, you know, going in there and, um, you know, I felt something move in my stomach, but I didn't know what mm. the hell it was. And, you know, my aunt's like, Oh, it's, you know, probably a disease. Like that's what the fuck she thought, like a disease, you know, of course she would think that. So she was hoping. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah. Just so, so she could hold it over your head. Yeah. And I remember the doctor asking me like all these questions, like, is your boobs getting bigger or, you know, are they hurting or, you know, or do you have like a weird appetite? Like all this stuff. And yeah, like my boobs grew from like a B to like a double D cup in like a month. Wow. So, but I just thought like I was just getting older and just, yeah. getting, you know, blessed or something. Yeah. So I didn't think anything of it. She's like, I'm not going to complain yeah. about these knockers. <laughs> so he was like, okay, we're just going to take a test. And my, my grandma was with me at the time. So I remember my grandma saying, oh my God. And he was like, no, we're just going to rule it out. We just have to do that. I don't think she is. We just got to roll it out. So, uh, you know, I take a test and I remember he, you know, he comes back in and he throws his folder on the, on the, um, table and he was like you're fucking pregnant 
And I'm like, oh, my God. I started crying. And my grandma's like, well, you know where we're going to go, right? Did you know who it was? Yeah. Was it a, a client or was it your uh, baby? Your your Yeah. So uh, I boyfriend. knew that it was. Where was he during all this turning the tricks so and stuff like that? So he actually, I think either he either went to, he was out on bond for okay. what he did to me so i think at the time he was either like in michigan or okay somewhere. so he stayed away from you yeah just so he couldn't get yeah, in trouble because there was like a an order for him to stay away like gotcha. my aunt put that order out and um so when they told me that I was pregnant i just immediately knew like okay it has to be him like obviously like i did have sex and everything afterwards but like I just had sex like within a month and there's something moving in my stomach. Like that doesn't add up. So yeah, he was like, well, she may be way too far along before, you know, for an abortion. So he measured me and he was like, she's measuring at about seven months. And wow. I'm like, there ain't no way. So that happened maybe the first time you had sex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The very first time. So I got pregnant the first time I had sex too. You see, that's mm-hmm. crazy. I had an abortion though. It fucked me up for the rest of my life, but it's another fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy yeah and I I remember you know that doctor he was like well we're just gonna make a you know doctor appointment um you know with an OB so we go to the OB and the very next morning and I was measuring at a little over I don't know I was pushing like 30 weeks and it was a boy and I was so devastated Mm because I remember saying like a couple weeks later a couple weeks prior that I did not want any kids and I didn't want mm. any boys you know yeah. I so, mean you're still really fucking young too dude yeah and just suffered so much trauma yeah you know, I'm sure children sh- shouldn't even be on a 14 year old's radar right but we were just so eager to grow up too yeah because you know, of our true. circumstances that's so fucking true and I I remember coming back and you know it was so funny after that appointment my aunt just started being nice to me and like she you know, was buying. I want to punch this bitch in the yeah, face. Yeah, like, oh, I did that. You're good. Um, <laughs> good, because yeah. she is a cunt, okay? Yeah, she is. Oh, she What's is. What's her name? Trisha. Trisha. Well, most Trishas are assholes. <laughs> Sorry for all the Trishas that listen to me. I love you guys, but most of you are dickheads. <laughs> but I remember, like, she, she did buy everything, you know, for my son. And she was looking forward to me having him. And I just wasn't like, I felt like I I was just a baby. Yeah. And every time I would express myself to my aunt or to my grandma or to anybody, like I was just this horrible person. Like I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't think anything other than, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. Like I, you know, they, and they were very expressive of that. Like, well, I did it when I was 16, I was 17 and well, I'm 14. There's a big difference. Yeah. There's a big difference. And I was raped. Like I did not... You know, there's a big difference. Yeah, there's just resentment there. Yeah. And I remember after I had my son, um, I tried. It's okay. This is hard. I mean, you've got a crazy story, Mama. So talking about stuff is probably still really painful. Yeah. You know, Mm. I tried to take care of him you were a baby you've got to stop being so hard on yourself for that nobody taught you how to be a mom you know yeah that's not your fault and then for two years you know I tried to take care of him I tried to 
I did get a, you know, a job. I remember working at, you know, Burlington Co. Factory and I, I was still in school. So I would go to school, come, come home, go straight to work, come, you know, home from work, go to bed do it all over again. And so my aunt would watch my son all the time. Well, then, you know, she started, you know, drinking really heavily and then, um, she just wasn't acting like she was just going like completely crazy. So, um, I remember coming home one day, my son, he was just learning how to walk and he had on, you know, a dirty diaper and I was so pissed off at my aunt. I'm like, what the, and she was completely wasted. So I grabbed my son, changed his diaper and my aunt was just in my ear. Like, you're just going to be a piece of shit. Just like your brothers. You're not going to amount to anything. And I told her, I'm like, just shut up. You know, like I, when she gets into that mood, you know, like I, we just know either we don't say anything to her or we just tell her, shut the fuck up. And then she'll just shut up and go to her room, you know, but she wasn't going to her room. So she just was following me around the house and I remember walking into the kitchen. I told her, I said, Trisha, get the fuck away from me because you're going to end up making me hit you. Don't, please don't do that. And so she just like, you're just a piece of fucking shit. You're a piece of shit mom. So I remember I had the, I had the refrigerator, uh, refrigerator door open and she kept calling me a piece of shit mom because I would go out on the weekends all the time. I did not want to be you home were a kid at all. But she encouraged it. She mm. told me, I want you to go out. I want you to experience this teenage life. And um, don't worry about Cameron. He's at home with me. I'm taking care of him. I want you to, you know, still be a kid. That's exactly what she said. But every single time I would go out, she would always talk shit. So, and she was talking shit that day. And I was like, just shut the fuck up. I'm like, please get away. So she just kept at it. And I shut the refrigerator door and I ended up, you know, punching her in the fucking eye. Good. And she called the police thinking that I was going to get arrested. Like she really wanted me to get arrested. And the the police already knew who she was. They knew my family because they would come out so many times because yeah. she would always be on a rage. Right. And so either one of the kids would call the police on her or her husband would. So they knew her, you know, they didn't even have to ask her social at that time. Like they knew, just knew. Um, so they told me like, well, if your grandma's willing to take you, we'll just have you and your son just leave with her. So she's like, well, yeah, you know, so I go moving with my, me and my son moving. How old are you at this time? I was 16. Okay. And so we moved in with my grandma. I was, you know, drinking all the time, not all the time, but you know, a lot. Yeah. And I was smoking weed. Um, and, but I was doing it with my aunt. She was supplying everything. And so as soon as I moved in with my grandma, she calls children's services and tells children's services, you know, that I'm not taking care of my son and I'm going out all the time and I have drugs in my system and weed back then is not how it is today. Right. Weed back then is like. Was a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, you know, CPS coming out and, um. I'm trying to think after that incident. Okay. After me punching my aunt or whatever, I got on probation or either I was already on probation. I think I was on probation when I was like 13 or 14 before I was pregnant because I wasn't going to school. I refused to go to school. And so truancy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it was. So I was already on probation because I remember a probation officer also coming too, Mm -hmm. and it's because of the truancy. So 
Anyway, um, the CPS worker asked me, like, you know, if we test you, are you going to come up dirty? And I was like, dirty for what? And she's like, <laughs> Depends. well, anything. Yeah. And I was like, well, for weed? I'm like, yeah, but that's n- nothing. And she's like, well, take a drug test. So I did take a drug test and it was positive for weed. And they took my son. They're like, no, like, you know, you can't be smoking weed, you know? And I'm like, it's just fucking weed. So they ended up, um, at the time, you know, they placed my son with my grandma, but my aunt was trying to get my son. Like she was like, no, he can come here. You know, my grandma, you know, my mom is just really old. She can't take care of him, blah, blah, blah. So they did a background check on everybody in the household. And um, a a year before the incident happened with me punching my aunt, she had sexual relations with a friend of mine and my cousin, and which happened to be my son, you know, Paul, um, his cousin. And he was 15, 16 years old at the time. The aunt is just a fucking mess, dude. She finds out, she calls the police and... My aunt gets in trouble and she has to register as a sex offender for 20 years. Mm. Finally, some justice was served to her. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, you know, they did a background check on everybody in the house, she's a sex offender. No, you know, cameras not allowed around you at all. Unsupervised. So my grandma just wasn't, you know, wasn't ready to raise another kid. Yeah, she just wasn't, you yeah. know, and I can't really blame her, you know, yeah. I can blame myself, you know. So, um, there was more than a few times that she let my aunt alone with them. And I don't know who called. I don't know how they found out, but they did. Yeah. And so they ended up taking my son and placing him into, you know, foster care. Did his father not want anything to do with him? So at the time when all this was happening, his dad ended up getting, um, sentenced to four and a half years for what he did to me. And then also wow, like, you know, drug charges and all that stuff. Um, because when my aunt got busted for sleeping, you know, with that kid, which was his cousin, um, Paul was there in mm. the home. Like she literally moved out of her nice, you know, $350,000 home and got like this little inky dink home with this 15 year old, 15, 16 year old kid. Um, and my son's dad and, um, you know, they SWAT came and hit him. And so there was Coke and there was just, you know, stolen. Yeah. She just got strung out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, he ended up getting sentenced to four and a half years. So he was in prison at this time. So when he, when my son went to foster care, I don't know how I got in contact with his mom, Paul's mom. I don't know if I reached out or I don't know if she reached out to me mm-hmm. because Paul somehow found out what was going on. I don't know. Um, but I remember us talking and she was like, well, I can, you know, take him. Cause at this point I was telling her that I can't do it. Like, yeah. I feel like if I continue raising him, I'm going to fuck his life up. That's right. how I felt. Um, either I want to fuck his life up or my aunt's going to, and I just, I just don't want that. And, um, she's like, yeah, you know, I'll be more than happy, you know, to take care of him. And at the time I thought that was what was best for him. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look at it as, well, you're, you raised a son who raped me. Right. You know, I didn't look at it that way then, you know, right. cause I was thinking like, well, he was a grown man when this happened. She can't, you can't control what your grown children do. Um, 
I don't obviously my views are totally different now right Um, well I mean you were a kid yeah you didn't know any better you know no you had nobody to help you and guide you that wasn't already traumatized or in some weird shit of their own yeah you know so you were just a product of your surrounding yeah and I remember you know what telling the cps worker telling the courts i remember i had to go to court and tell them what i wanted and um but right before i signed over my rights paul had already signed over his rights to her so i remember the judge and cps solely telling her that you are not allowed to have this child around paul like that's just not we're not that's not negotiable like he's not allowed around him right um she agreed she initially agreed and so as soon as I signed over my rights, that's when, you know, obviously she just didn't give a shit. Did you know? whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I remember maybe a year later, um, well, it had to be maybe like a year and a half later or something. Um, I had gotten pregnant with my daughter, my oldest daughter. I had her. She was like maybe like two or three months Who's old. Who's the father? Um, so it was just this random guy he wasn't a client or anything right he was just this random guy were you still working during this whole process so you were still turning tricks and doing all that even while you had a regular job at burlington coat factory so i kept that job maybe for like a month right okay like that i I just (laughs) couldn't do it no i get it once you start making money like that it's so hard to work for anybody not only that yeah and you know i just don't like somebody telling me what to do yeah same (laughs) it's an aquarius trait yeah (laughs) i'm the same way so i'm like um, I ended up quitting and I ended up getting like my first, I had a client pay for, uh, my first apartment, but it was only like four months of rent. Mm-hmm. So he paid for like the deposit first four months of rent. And after the four months, like I lost it cause I didn't fucking keep up with it Yeah, cause I'm just an idiot. So well, you're a kid yeah. <laughs> again, <laughs> you didn't, nobody taught you how to fucking yeah. be responsible. Yeah. Um, so during all of this, still doing, dealing with all the personal trauma and all that, st- that stuff, were you just only smoking weed? When did you start getting into like the heavier shit? So I started like popping pills, um, right before I got pregnant, but probably shortly after I gave up my, you know, son, okay. after I gave up rights to him. Um, cause I got pregnant with my, my daughter shortly after that. But at this point, I was already popping pills because I remember when I found out. While you were pregnant? No. So I remember um, when I found out I was pregnant with her, I was already, you know, addicted at this point. But I remember the day that I found out I was pregnant, I I had a whole... I had a whole bottle of Percocets I just got and I remember throwing it out the window and I just stopped then. It yeah. was easy for me to stop back then. Well, you had a you know? purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, after um, like her dad just, you know, he he's just one of them. He has like nine kids with yeah. like seven different women. Wow. He pays child support though only because he works, you <laughs> right. know, but like he doesn't have no relationship with her or anything. Right. Um. And I remember, um, like she was at this, at this point during my pregnancy, um, I had, you know, got my GED and I was in nursing school. So, Mm -hmm. um, I remember I was sitting in a class and they were talking about calling in prescriptions, you know, nurses Mm -hmm. and medical assistants can call in prescriptions for their patients. Yep. And you can only call in like Vicodins, you know, like Percocets, you had to have like a prescription that 
Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So um, after- <laughs> I had an aunt who did this, so yeah. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. So um, I'm like, okay. So during my pregnancy, I couldn't like, I mean, I could, you know, still, you know, prostituted, but I just didn't want to. Right. So I decided to, you know, call in scripts for people. And so start flipping scripts. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to sell pills all the time. I would get my pills and sell them my blue yeah. Lord tabs for $5 a pill. Yeah. Motherfuckers, yeah. what you want? <laughs> I got <Yeah>. you. <laughs> or the yellow perks for 10. What yeah. do you want to do? <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly how it was. And after I gave birth to her, I started calling them in for myself, you know, and, um, I remember, you know, the last time that I seen my son was like, she was two months old and, um, Paul ended up, he got out of prison and he calls me. He's like, Hey, do you want to see Cameron? And I was like, well, yeah. And, um, he's like, okay, well, I'll come pick you up. You got to see him up here. So he picks me and my daughter up and we go to his house. As soon as I walk into his house, there was like three kids there. Okay, when I say kids, they're probably like 12, 13 years old. There was mm-hmm. two guys and a girl. And, or no, there was two girls and a guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, who are these? You know, who who are they? And he's like, oh, they're just my friends, blah, blah, blah. I was like, friends. My friends. He tried to play it off to where they're 18. They're of age, right? But you can just, I can tell. Like, yeah. Girls are young, you know, mm-hmm. like mental capacity. They're, mm-hmm. they're young. So yeah, for sure. He leaves to go pick you know, either Cameron up at school or the bus stop or something. So I asked one of the girls, I said, do you have an ID on you? And like, I'm just curious, you know, cause I felt super fucking uncomfortable. They yeah. were drinking, smoking weed, doing other shit. And she was like, no, we don't have an ID, but he told us to tell you that we're 18. And I'm like, well, how old are you? And she's like, well, I can't really say. I'm like, okay. You're like, bitch, you already said enough. <laughs> right. Well, come to find out. Um, she, I remember hearing like I stayed the night there and she was on the phone with Paul and uh, um, I remember her telling Paul I'm pregnant or I think I'm pregnant. And he was like, well, you better tell, you know, tell your family that you told me that you were 18, you know, tell them that I didn't know that you were either. He said, so Paul's just 13. a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, after I just put two and two together and I just, you know, Cameron came, I tried to spend time with him, you know, like yeah. I fixed him dinner. I remember fixing him two hot dogs and some macaroni and cheese and he ate. Like, I just felt super uncomfortable with those fucking kids there. And I was yeah. like, man, I was like, can they just leave or something? Like, I'm just confused why they're even here. And he yeah. was like, he thought that I was mad, like jealous or something. I said, no, no dude, like what the, has nothing to do with it. And, um, I'm like, look, you're just going to take me back at this point. Like, I just, I don't want nothing to do with whatever, whatever the hell's going on here. And like, I just don't, there's something not right. So he gets pissed and he's like, okay, well then let's just go then. So me, I loaded, you know, my kids up Cameron and you know, my daughter. And, um, I told him on our way down there, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take Cameron with me. And he was like, you can't fucking do that. You already signed your rights over. And if you do that, I'm just going to call the police and blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah, like. Yeah, call the police with underage kids in your house. Right, <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, well, at this point, like I was already like, I had already gotten caught for, you know, doing my little pill rendezvous. So I was like, you know, already about to get sentenced. And I just knew what the time, what kind of time I was looking at. And I. 
I were you a full blown addict at this time or yeah 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 just pills though nothing just pills yeah did you ever do harder drugs um not until like 2016 okay gotcha so did you get sentenced to time for the pill thing so I got sentenced to seven mandatory years wow yeah I had they they threw the book at you yeah so it was I think like four different counties but they I called in a shit ton of scripts I was gonna say you were fucking kingpinning over there (laughs) because my aunt got a slap on the wrist and like her her nurse's license taken away yeah yeah so that's what they told me they told me that I couldn't you know because they knew that I was in nursing school like I couldn't finish it I couldn't yeah get my license like no nothing so so you did your seven years I did my seven years what's seven years and was it prison or was it like prison. juvie it was prison okay yeah. so what prison. is that like well so I remember right before I got rode out to prison people were telling me how prison was you know and it's not what they what they were telling me I they were I think they were just talking shit trying to scare me or something but it it's literally like a whole like gay community. That's just what it is right. on campus. Everybody's just munching carpets. Yeah. I mean, you got to do yeah. something to pass the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't have any issues in prison. Like yeah. I, you know, worked, I had a routine. I stayed sober during pr- prison and. Are drugs pretty rampant in prison? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really bad. That's but crazy. also you have to have a lot of money too, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I didn't have that obviously. Like yeah. I lived off of $20. Thankfully well, though. Yeah, that that's true. Um, but I lived off of $20 a month. Well, actually 18 cause they took $2 for my, you know, fines. Yeah. Um, but I, during those years, I didn't have not one single person come visit me. No, nobody mm. wrote, you know, uh, wrote me a letter. Who had your daughter during this time? My, um, other aunt. So not my aunt. Trisha okay my aunt, no but um my other aunt she was married to my uncle years ago mm-hmm. but they got divorced years ago but I still consider her an aunt I still talk to her you know every now and yeah. then today um so she agreed to take care of her while I was in prison yeah um she said I have to have guardianship so I can get her into school and take her to the doctor yeah and all this stuff she's like but as soon as you get out I'll give her right back to you so seven years goes by yeah. and you get out I get out and um you know, I was in a halfway house, you know, for four months. Mm-hmm. I immediately started doing prostitution again. Immediately. Started you just go back pills. to what you know. Got back, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they weren't drug testing you? Not. Well, they were doing random drug tests, but um, for some reason, they never drug tested me. Mm-hmm. Um, if they did drug tested me, then I was clean and they just never, you know, right. did anything about it afterwards. Um, but that, you know, back then, you know, the halfway house is literally like a yeah. legal trap house. Like yeah. What it for is. Real. Yeah. Um, when you were turning tricks where you weren't doing it online anymore, where were you finding your tricks? So when I was in the halfway house, um, I was in this program called impact. So I would leave Monday through Friday from like eight to four. So, um, prostitution was really big on the street that my halfway house was on gotcha like okay. there was so so you were turning turning tricks like just from in cars and yeah. stuff like that yeah yep. I would have like an hour like either from like 12 to 1 or 1 to 2 um, break for lunch and I would make some money you know hurry up because I at this point I was already you know doing pills again so mm. I needed money for pills yeah 
Um, so that's my hat goes off to the girls who you, would do the car tricks. We call we used, in Vegas we call them track hoes because they would walk the track, you know. <laughs> and I hung out on the track a lot just because it was low key, and I've always felt comfort in like. Um, places that were just like um seedy you know like I've just always so I would wait for calls for my because I used to work for services right so um and I never had a pimp either um so I would like wait for my calls like on the track and I some of the coolest chicks I ever met were the girls who worked the track and they've given me so much game oh yeah like you guys are a different breed of woman (laughs) you guys are not you're fucking brave as shit you know, like to even just get in a car with somebody and just like, it's just crazy. Yeah. So turning tricks on, you know, on your, was it a lunch break? Yeah. Did you ever have anything like crazy happen to you? Yeah. So my first ever, like ever incident of like anything was, um, okay. So I'm trying to resort right back to that time because I knew you was going to ask me about that. Okay, so, <laughs> when did um, Dave come along? Right, so Dave, <laughs> if you guys yeah, watch any of her Dave. TikToks, you know that Dave <laughs> makes a daily appearance and he's got yes. some really fucking weird requests. But you know what? Dave I relate to everything you say. Like yes. shit you say, I start laughing because I'm like, yep, done that. Yep, yeah. been there. Yep, done that. You know, yeah. like it, they don't realize how crazy some of these tricks get. Yeah. Like they, they're buying your time to live out a fantasy and some of their fantasies are fucking crazy yes it, it's but it became normal yeah you know? so oh yeah he's like oh you did that i'm like yeah oh yeah no for it. sure i'm confused yeah but um i remember going to going to lunch um and i met this guy he i always saw his car out there you know in front so i knew he was a trick so um i went up to his car and um he i you know went to the passenger seat. We exchanged money. He gave me money and he was like really nice. He drove maybe like 10 minutes down the road. And then I was like, okay, well I got to be back by a certain time, you know, cause I, my lunch break, he's like, okay, that's fine. So after we were done, um, he started driving back, but he missed, you know, his turn. Mm, I was yeah. like, uh, wait a minute. Uh, you're supposed to turn right, right here. And he was, he, he didn't say nothing. He didn't oh. say nothing. He just kept going. So I was about to reach for the handle and there was no fucking handle on the inside of the door. And I was like, what the the fuck is happening right now? And I didn't even realize there was no fucking handle right there. And so I remember he he just kept, he didn't say one word to me. Like his Mm. complete, like his whole demeanor just changed. So he ended up going to, I don't know where the hell it was, but it was out in the middle of nowhere all i remember was like there were storage you know storage units um and stay tuned to next week's episode to see what happens in part two of dumb blonde podcast you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator